Welcome to episode 45 of the Champs and Chums podcast. I'm Anthony. And I'm Ashton. Father-son fun talk on sports, life, and friendship. Coming up on episode 45, bringing you stadium sound by going behind the mic. We'll go one-on-one and best of with Toronto Maple Leaf public address announcer, Mike Ross. Father-son free-for-all will go broadcast blue and white. We'll continue our Leafs Nation loving and go gold, silver, bronze for favorite Maple Leaf broadcasters. And we'll head for home on episode 45 with our special segments. All Pro Go, a Did You Know Sports Spotlight, and Champs and Chums personal salutes to our stars on and off the field. That's all coming up on episode 45 of the Champs and Chums podcast. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. Welcome back to Champs and Chums. Happy May, everybody. We hope you're doing well. It's Anthony and Ashton in the broadcast chair. Welcome to episode 45 of Champs and Chums. And it's now my great privilege. It is my pleasure to bring in my best of champ and chum, the co-host of Champs and Chums, Ashton. Ashton, how you doing, my man? Well, I'm doing great, and I can't wait to start off episode 45. We're kicking it into high gear, everybody. It's May. It's feeling a little bit warmer out there uh, now, so we hope you've had a chance to enjoy the, uh, what I would say is, uh, I guess, uh, some of the signs of spring and hopefully a hint in, into summer and some of the warm weather that's before us here. And thanks for joining us on episode 45 of Champs and Chums. So, Ashton, May has been magnificent. It uh, has also been memorable, some great things that have happened, some excellent things in the wide world of sports, and uh, as we always say on Champs and Chums, there's always kind of challenges that, whether it be a professional sports team, amateur sports team, sports life and friendship, there's always going to be obstacles and things in front of you, but let's kind of recap a little bit about May, Um, and let's start off in a special place that uh, has kind of kind of become home for you. That is a baseball field and a baseball diamond. Congratulations on uh, on starting off. I think what has been a real promising uh, baseball uh, career for you as an amateur. Have you got designs on being a pro, Ash? And the fans want to know. Well. Um... You know, I've, you know, always dreamed of being pro and, uh, you know, you just have to put in the work, try hard, commit to, um, playing baseball every day and, um, who knows, you could go pro. Well, we always talk about it on Champs and Chums, you always got to believe. There's, there's, there's no other greater person that you can believe in is to believe in yourself. And I hope that you can actually reach those goals and ambitions. But as we say, Ashton, it's just the start of the story. And it's one at bat at a time, one good pitch at a time. But the fans want to know. I mean, some of you have probably seen on our social channels what was an amazing debut 
Ashton, you made first at bat, first pitch, first hit. You, you, you took it over the third base bag. You earned a single. How did it feel to, um, to debut over at Fred Key Park here in lovely Brampton? Well, it felt great, and um, just getting that um, first pitch uh, hit, and um, you know, at it, you know, third base is um, a hard is a hard place to. It's the you hot know, corner, my man. Yeah, the proverbial um, hot corner. If you have a good third baseman, I probably wouldn't be able to get the single, because I think I think it didn't go past them. It just came around. It might have hopped over their glove. I'm not sure, man. I mean, I know I'm your dad and everything, but that ain't no seeing eye single that you got on your first ever pitch that you took. You, you, you hit it with authority. You hit it over the third base bag, and then there you go. But, I mean, it got better for you because um, probably just a few minutes before that game. And shout out to um, the uh, U11 uh, Brampton Minor Baseball League, and especially... The Jays. I know some of you know that uh, 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 your co-hosts here have a show, but what do you want to say to your teams right now uh, and your coaches, Coach Marco and, and Coach Adam? Uh, well, I think uh, we, we've been doing really well this season. Um, just a couple things we could work on. And uh, other than that, we've been doing pretty good, all playing as a team and uh, playing fair as well. So that's the uh, core, um, I guess, base to good a, a good team, good teamwork as well. Yeah, and it's a long season too, right? And, you know, I was kind of saying at the, uh, the top of the show that, you know, in sports sometimes, you know, things are going to go your way a team's way out onto the field in between the lines, as it were for fans. But then sometimes it actually, the, the pieces don't fit and it doesn't work out your way. And you can sometimes have defeats in a heartbreaking way. And so we just recounted some great and glory of, of uh, your debut with the Jays. And, and it was a, it was a hard, hard fought effort on that first game. You guys won the next one quite handily. Um, 12 to five, I believe, uh, against, uh, OBA select team number two. And then, uh, fans at the time of the recording, we were on to game three. Um, uh, one of the lovely parks here in the city of Bram Brampton, Nasmith park. And that set the scene for game three and uh, Ashton, well, why don't you tell them kind of what happened as you came in for the last half of the inning, set the scene for the fans, what the score was why you came on and, and what transpired there so uh we were up i th i believe and um you know it's always tough when you know you you have that two out you know two strike um um count and um you know it, it didn't work out um two guys got hits off of me and um Runs came in to score and they beat us by a run. It w it was a hard way to lose. I mean, if if I just got one more strike, we could have won the game. But uh, they got um, hits off me and um, it, it's it's a hard way to lose. It's a hard way to lose. Well, I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, and uh, all the parents were there, and uh, you know, uh, you're there to support the kids. Uh, win, lose, or draw for sure. 
And I know personally as your dad, I mean, I, I, I know there was a lot of immediate disappointment uh, in terms of what happened. But uh, why don't you describe for the fans maybe how you were feeling immediately. But, you know, as, as the minutes pass by, as the hours draw away from what was a disappointing loss, how did you feel afterwards? Well, you know, um, I, th- I, you know, I thought, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta just, um, forget about it. There's many other games to come and, um, you know what, um, just going, just, if I go to practice, um, hopefully I'll come back even better, uh, game four. Well, that's a great attitude to have, and I, and I would add this, and I know we talked about this as well too. You know, um, yeah, definitely have a short memory and move on, and take the ball the next game if you should get the call from your great coaches. But remember, remember that, because if you channel yourself in the right way, and if you've put the steps in front of you on what you can do as not only as an individual player, but as a team to kind of build on something, to get better every day, as the Jays say, you remember, remember how you felt and think about it as you travel along in the journey of a season. And fans, we talk about it here on Champs and Chums, the spirit of what we do. Success is never a straight line, you know, and... uh you know, you how how many games do you have in the season, Ash? Is it thirteen games? Uh, that's t- twelve. I think maybe? it's more than that. So okay, like... you got a big tournament coming up as well too. At the time of this recording, next weekend, your first ever tournament play amongst some great teams here in the city of Brampton. Um, and yeah, take all the experiences in the world that you do. Uh, love love yourself. Believe in yourself. Believe in your team. And I think it's just amazing to, to, to have the opportunity to see on the field and uh, grow your skills, drive to something you always wanted to do is, is what's very gratifying here as your co-host sitting next to you doing episode 45. So uh, let's, t- I mean, so there's, you know, ups and downs, ins and outs of, uh, of, of a baseball season. Let's turn it over to the pros. You know, we had a chance recently to check out the Jays who have been in one, one gigantic slump. Um, But I believe in this team, something's got to change and something's got to adjust. But what's your take on what's going on early for our our Blue Jays? Well, uh, you know, it's, um, you know, they won uh, yesterday. At the time of this recording, they won yesterday, 20 to 1. They beat the Rays. They not just beat the Rays, they beat up on the Tampa Bay Rays for sure. But that was only just a, a glimmer. But today they lost and then they and then they went to their locker room and said and and they closed their doors and said only players, players only. Well, I mean, so so this is what kind of I talked about and I get more of a community level, but there's some players that are need to f- that f- believe that they need to take accountability for what's going out on the field. They're going to hold themselves accountable in a room. Ash and I've been there before, whether it be pro sports or amateur sports, being behind the scenes in those kind of moments. It's um, it's dramatic. It's real. It's raw. It's what makes sports so special. Um, so there's a, a group of men 
who know that they're not playing to their capabilities. They don't need the coaches to tell them that. They know themselves that they're going to take the responsibility to do it. So I actually think that was a big, bold move by that team. They got a lot of good veteran core players, players that have been there to the big dance that, that actually can show the bling of a World Series ring. And let's hope that that kind of um, mentality and that type of attitude, that kind of high standard they, 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 they uh, owe themselves is going to play out here. But let's remember this, fans. Let's not hit the panic button too quickly because baseball is a 162-game schedule. Yep. So let's not forget that there's a long season to come. But, you know, I mean, like all the media guys are saying, you know, uh, some special guests we've had on the show, uh, Rod Black, Mike Wilner on Twitter, hey, fans, uh, these games do mean something still too. Right, so you can't hit the panic button. You got 111 games left at the time of this recording, but definitely these games will start meaning something, especially in that very, very deep and difficult American League East. Okay, good stuff. Uh, well, so, hey, listen, birthday shoutouts here too. Yeah, because we... we've got an amazing, uh, uh, a f- almost like a, a, a founder of champs and chums that celebrate a very big birthday why you tell the fans well we have one of the power girls serena celebrating her 19th birthday happy 19th birthday one half of the power girls serena uh it was amazing to spend some time with you we're glad that we help you we were able to help you early celebrate your birthday and uh and ashton i tell you and i know you didn't get an opportunity to do this what a time we had at mark and markham theater we were almost dancing in the seats of some favorite Motown music, and it was so great to share that beautiful night with um, a beautiful person. And that's uh, my niece and your cousin, Serena. So happy birthday, Serena. Um, round ball, Ashton. Some round ball. Uh, we we're big fans of local sport here in the city of Brampton, uh, Ashton. And at the time of this recording, we are on the eve of a historic game that's going down at the at at the caa center ashton tell the fans that something big is going on for basketball here in the city of brampton yeah so um it is now um is now gonna be how many hours from now well the time of this recording uh, i would say we would have been able to report on whether or not it was a winning inaugural landmark historic night for the Brampton Honey Badgers, but um, carry on. So um, so a team that used to be called the Hamilton Honey Badgers now moved to Brampton, and now they're playing at the CAA Center, which we haven't been to in a while. We've only been there for uh, Beast Games. That's the last time we went there. Well, you know, Ash, it's actually so cool that you said that because you're right. It has been a long, long time. Very long time. Since your co-hosts have set foot into the lovely, uh, humble abode of uh, of the CAA Center. And uh, yeah, it was from Beast Days. And we were lucky to have a connection there and have some to two special guests early in our, our, our episodes when we had uh, Captain Jordan Henry on the show and, of course, the all-time uh, points leader for the Beast, David Valerani. Two wonderful players, so talented, so giving of their time. But then we bring it back here to basketball and a shout-out 
to our champ and chum, our, our best of guests, Mr. John Lashaway. Uh, and that was back at Ashton in episode eight, I believe, that we had Lash on the show. Him and the, and the senior leadership of the Canadian Elite Basketball League have been doing some amazing things. We want to shout out to the Brampton Honey Badgers. Looking forward. We'll report back on that uh, in, in for June's episode. A historic night in Brampton coming up with the first ever pro basketball game uh, for a Brampton team, the Canadian Elite Basketball League. If you haven't had a chance to check out this quality of entertainment, Ashton, do you know that there's three 905 players on the Honey Badgers? Well, uh, you did tell me that before I was going to baseball yesterday. Um, and, you know, that that is really cool because, um, you know, having the team we watch, the 905, uh, three, of, three of their players are on the Brampton Honey Badgers. That's amazing. And we also have to talk about... Um, one of our friends at the Raptors 905 has now um is now doing the um uh reporting with the Jays now. Oh, that's right. We ran into him there on uh, on uh, over the weekend there. Uh, yes, Danag Bulsara. Yeah. That's right, a friend of the show. Uh he's um he's we've enjoyed um watching his stuff. He's very young and talented and and so here's the interesting thing, Ashton. Uh, do you know that um, uh, Mr. Bulsar is also part of an elite, pun intended, broadcast team? He's doing work on TSN with some legends as part of the summer schedule for the uh, Canadian Elite Basketball League. Do you know that former Raptor broadcaster Chuck Swirsky is doing a uh, broadcast for them? Our, our 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 champion chum mr rod black the legend himself will also be broadcasting uh games for the cbl so great job by the entire leadership group there um you know mike morreale who's heading it up uh uh john lashway our our, our champion chum now deputy commissioner of the league um and then of course um how can we not forget of course any big time events that are going on hopefully we get a chance when we head down to the game uh we may not get a chance because he'll be really busy but shout out to uh the mayor of the fine city episode uh, 10 best of guests mayor patrick brown will be there uh tomorrow night at the time of this recording to bring greetings um to the inaugural historic game here in the city of Brampton. And by the way, Ashton, at the time of this recording, as we go down there, do you know it's Mayor Brown's birthday? Uh, well, you did tell me this. It was, uh, it's supposed to be tomorrow, right? At the time of the recording, that's right, May the 26th. I can tell you something right now, and you know this about Mayor Brown. He's one of the hardest working people that I know. Don't matter if it's birthdays, anything. He's out there. He's meeting with his constituents. He's got ambitions. So many great things happening in the city of Brampton, which includes a historic pro basketball game that your champs and chums will be at. All right, great stuff. Ashton, um, we're going to shift gears now. I, I started the the um, the opening talking about, you know, hey, sports, life, it's all about success, wins, losses, learnings, getting up off the canvas, or in this case, the ice. What a run. Well, 
I shouldn't say it's a run, but what a playoff for our Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, they cracked the uh, the big burden. They got the elephant off their shoulders when they finally won for the first time in 19 years a, a playoff round. But sadly, Ashton, only to bow out in, I believe, it was five games. Yes, it was five games to who I believe will be the eventual Stanley Cup champions, the Florida Panthers. Yeah. They are on one credible run. How do you feel it all went for our Leafs? You know, the Leafs did play well in um, round one. They played um, nice de- nice defensively, of- offensively, and, um, you know, um, I feel like um, the Leafs really uh, stepped up uh, in round one. And, um, you know, it's, it's been very, very long. It's been, hmm, so before I was born and definitely before you're born. Yeah. Yeah. And you must've been in your thirties. Uh, well, let's do the math here, folks. Uh, your, your humble co-host here turned 50 years bold earlier this year. That's uh, 31. Yeah. So I was 31 Ashton. So, um, yeah, it's been a while and, um, they managed to, you know, get past round one, took the, uh, chip off their shoulder and, uh. Um, oh, it was more than a chip, man. It was a grand piano on their back, <laughs> right? It was not a chip. It was a grand piano. But I mean, you know, uh, we all knew that there was going to be fallout, um, if there wasn't, um success right and i mean uh, winning a first round is is good and all it sort of took the monkey off the back but i think overall and and, you know i mean look at the changes um kyle dubas not returning lots of rumors about whether other other um uh you know key key uh personnel as part of the team jason spezza resigned so you're kind of seeing maybe um a change in, in direction for the toronto maple leafs new blood different thinking uh, what's your thoughts on all this well um you know they're gonna have to they're gonna make some they're probably gonna make some really big changes during the off season and um let's see what they do when they come back and uh they're ready to play some more hockey let's see what they've uh, done let's see what they can do well i tell you something fans this is the month of may and uh your co-hosts and all of leafs nation knows that leafs nation from coast to coast to coast, from homes to community events to inside the arena, it gets electric. It, it They can bring the noise, and we certainly heard that. And Ashton, it, it's no better segue to talk about bringing the noise and getting a stadium on their feet when we think of our best of guests because this gentleman that we have on the show, everybody, to me is the great catalyst. He is the enabler of inside the arena to get Leafs Nation rocking. And he did that in the arena. He's done that out in community events. Ashton, tell all the fans who's coming up on uh, episode 45. The signature arena voice for your Toronto Maple Leafs, Mike Ross. Mike Ross, everybody. The voice you hear inside Scotiabank Arena is joining us as our best of guests. You don't want to miss that interview. And, you know, it's more than his voice talent. 
Mike's wealth of experience, his bandwidth when it comes to broadcasting, public, public address announcer, being in media, production. He's, he's actually been in acting and roles in movies and television. All these things, you put them together, you got a consummate pro and you got a man with a lot of stories and you're not going to want to miss it. That's Mike Ross, the public address announcer of your Toronto Maple Leafs here on Champs and Chumps. Okay, Ashton, good stuff. Well, let's move on. It's um, time for father-son free-for-all and all this kind of talk about blue and white, all this love and passion that we have heard, seen, discussed all this month of May. Hold on a second. Not just this month of May, but but um, uh, 365 days a year. Uh, it's, it's all Leafs Nation. It's Maple Leafs forever. And your champs and chums thought it would be kind of nice to dedicate and honor Leafs Nation, although we didn't kind of get to the, you know, to the desired prize of hoisting a Stanley Cup. We wanted to continue our loves for Leafs Nation and Elite Maple Leaf Forever by talking about um, favorite Maple Leaf broadcasters. So Ashton's got his gold, silver, bronze. I've got my gold, silver, bronze too. So Ashton, why don't you take it away? Well, my bronze medal is Gord Stellick. Well, what an amazing selection he is. You know, I tell you, Gordo could probably be gold, silver, and bronze. He's all that good and all that talented. Um, uh, why don't you tell the fans a bit more about uh, a Maple Leaf legend, Gord Stellick? Well, Gord Stellick is a Canadian sports broadcaster and a former NHL executive. He hosts. He formerly hosted the Fan 590 Morning Show with Don Landry and also appeared on Hockey Night Central and, and, um, Roger, and Rogers Sport, Sportsnet. Well, I mean, here's the thing about Gord. I mean, his career resume is illustrious. Ashton, did you know that before Kyle Dubas, the youngest general manager in the history of the National Hockey League, was one Gord Stellick? I did not know that. Well, I did tell you that story, and uh, we'll get to the fun fun uh, encounter with, with Gord there in a sec. But yeah, fans, I mean, you'd all remember, people of my vintage, uh, Gord Stellick in broadcasting is like, um, you know, I mean, basically it's like, uh, you know, beach in the sun. It, it's, it's all the same, and it's all wonderful. I mean, Gord, uh, during his time as, a, as an analyst on the Fan 590 on the broadcast with uh, another great Joe Bowen, who we'll talk about in a sec, um, he's been on Hockey Night in Canada. He's been, he continues to, uh, uh, to do his work on, on, uh, on Rogers Sportsnet, NHL radio on, on Sirius XM. Uh, what a career he's had in broadcasting. Uh, what great entertainment, what great insights. And I just always love his opinion. And he's an incredibly nice person. And Ashton, you may remember we had an opportunity to, to, to say hi to Gord, and I, I introduced you to him down before Christmas. Yeah. What I was it like to meet him? Well, we met him in the Longos, correct? That's right. He was having a coffee just on game day. Yeah, actually, he was having a soup, I think. Oh, sorry, it was a soup. I thought it was a coffee. And, it might have been both, actually. And, um, you know, um, I haven't met him before, but you've met him before, and... Um, you know, it was great to meet him 
And um, and you met another great Leaf player, and and Gord when he was doing radio for the fan as an analyst with uh, this, uh, next to Joe Bowen, there was a great performer in the '93 playoffs, Ashton, that you got a chance to meet because he was with Gord. One Mark Osborne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Oz, Ozzy was there, and uh, what what a great time that was. That's Gord Stellick. Oh, you got something to say, Ashton? Also, um, uh, Gord Stellick. He also. Re- he replaced um, Mike Rost as the host of well, yeah. Hockey Today. Yeah, they both worked at, uh, at Sirius XM, so they definitely know each other for sure. That's good stuff. That's Gord Stellick, Ashton's bronze for favorite Maple Leaf broadcasters. Okay, Ashton, it's my time for my bronze medal. And let me go down the, um, let me go down here, Ashton, to my bronze medal. Here we go. You've got yours up on the screen there, right, Ashton? Okay, good stuff. My computer just froze on me, everybody. This is the beauty of kind of like live radio. It happens, right? These things happen. It's now time for Dad's uh, bronze medal, and it is another legend from Maple Leaf Broadcasting uh, Days, and that is Paul Hendrick. Henny, wow, what what a super person he was. And I had, when I was with the team, had an opportunity to get to know him really well. Great man. And he uh, made the difficult decision back before the 2019-2020 season started, Ashton, that he was going to step away from it. And, and you know, he did it for all great reasons. I, I, I know that his wife um, was having some health challenges. And, you know, after... 41 years in the TV business. And I mean, so, so there, and I, I got to tell you, when I started, first started working with Henny, it was an amazing feeling because I was thinking to myself, there was a guy that I was watching on CHCH television in Hamilton do the sports. It was like in 1995, he went over to Leafs TV and then he, and he got the role, of course, on, um, at that time it was called Molson Hockey Night in Canada. But what I, I love about Henny, he's so well-prepared, well-organized. Everyone would remember before the start of every broadcast, he would have these, uh, this, this amazingly well-struck intros that would have some puns in there, so creative. He's got such a great range, such a, such a gentleman, such a great person, and uh, we had a lot of great times and memories on the road and at home with the Leafs. So that's um, Maple Leaf broadcaster Paul Hendrick uh, is my bronze medal. Ashton, over to you for your silver medal. My silver medal is Joe Bowen. Bonesy. You you can't have... uh, You know, here's the thing, Ashton. I actually think he's a gold medalist. Yeah, I think so. Because when, you know, I know we've got the arena voice and our best of guest and and what a signature arena voice he is in Mike Ross, but... When you think of the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, we all think about Joe Bowen and Bonesy. Why don't you tell them a lot about Bonesy's career? And we also think about him saying, Holy Mackinac. Holy Mackinac, that's right. Yeah, he's amazing. And as I said, we'll we'll get into a few stories with Bonesy, uh, but you tell them a little bit more about uh, Canadian sportscaster, big league fan, amazing broadcaster, Joe Bowen. So Joe Bowen is a Canadian sportscaster. He is also known as the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, having broadcasted over 3,000 Leafs games. Bowen has 
Bowen also does the radio play-by-play on Sportsnet 590 The Fan or TSN Radio 1050 with Jim Ralph. Well, that's amazing, Ashton. And those 3,000 Leaf games, I, I dare say that it's actually more, just despite what Wikipedia is saying. Your dad uh, was fortunate enough to, among those 3,000, I would have probably say almost, uh, well, let's see now, almost like 253, almost 25300 with Joe Bowen. Um, what a legend he is. Um, you know, and he brings such energy and enthusiasm into the game. It, it's it's kind of what we talk about here on the show. And uh, fans, you got to listen to Mike Ross in terms of, you know, the many people that he had learned from to help. You know, he's a broadcaster himself and he's an arena announcer. When you t- do broadcasting, it's such a different art form and, and craft in, in itself that Bonesy brings you right there. He draws you into the game with his... Um, the way he can call a play, the way he can bring uh, humor and fun, the way he can bring uh, excitement and drama, that's the kind of stuff you love with with um, someone calling a radio game. Of course, he did television as well, too. And, um, you know, there's been some rumblings that he's not sure if he will be back, actually, to... Um, broadcast and be the voice of Toronto Maple Leafs and I would say this and and knowing Bonesy as well and I mean that would be a real crying shame I think for Leafs Nation if if he's not back because he is a legend among legends and uh I I just he he's an incredible man as well too and I think that's what you're hearing with me recounting some of this stuff is it's um legends in their craft but tremendous human beings and uh, joe bowen and bonesy's a great one good stuff ashton well it's over to me now for my silver medal and um i'm not gonna i'm not gonna draw too far away from bonesy and in, in, in fact i'm gonna go to the man that's been shoulder to shoulder with him for many many leaf broadcast that is a incredible personality an amazing human being they call him Ralphie, so do I, Jim Ralph. Jim Ralph, Maple Leaf media broadcaster, been doing the games with Joe Bowen for, it, it seems like forever. Those guys are an institution when it comes to broadcast. And um, I tell you something about Jim Ralph, one of the most entertaining guys on and off the mic. And I had, the, again, the pleasure of traveling with the team uh, during the, the f- almost four years with the Leafs and uh, what wonderful memories of with, with Ralphie and uh, continue to stay in touch over, over social media, which is great. And he's doing wonderful things. He's an incredible talent. Like if you want an event MC, if you want a, an after-dinner speaker, you must hire Jim Ralph. He is, he is entertaining, uh, intelligent about the game, of course, has uh, talked about his um, not so good uh, uh, hockey, pro hockey career. Um, and uh, yeah, he's just an incredible human being. Um, so that's Jim Ralph, who's uh, been on the Maple Leaf broadcast. Um, and Ashton, um, you've heard some stories about uh, that I've shared with you about Ralphie and Bonesy as well, too. Yeah. yeah and remember the one I was telling you about, um, I was on the road, we we're in Dallas. It was it was a Super Bowl time. Bonesy's a big um, uh, Green Bay Packer fan. In fact, he's an owner 
folks, right? Public ownership over there for your Green Bay Packers. And there was that famous story. I, I, I don't think you'd be too mad if I, I shared the story. We're all having a really nice time, a nice dinner watching the Super Bowl in Dallas, Texas. And so Bonesy has to go to the restroom and he brought his cheese head, the signature cheese head, and he left it at the table of this restaurant oh, that we're yes, at. Oh, yes, you told me about this. And Mr. Jimmy Ralph took the sour cream that was there, took a spoon, dipped the spoon into the sour cream, and laced the inside of this cheese head. So when Bonesy came back to the table, he plopped it on and was uh, obviously had a lot of sour cream in and around his his head, Ashton. What do you think about that story? Lots of funny story. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, that was back in the days of Mike Murphy as well, too. Good stuff. All right, Ashton, it's now time for our gold medalist for favorite Maple Leaf broadcaster. And there's many, folks. There's many, but we had to narrow it down. Ashton, who's your gold medal? My gold medal is Harry Neal. Hacksaw Harry Neal. What 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 an amazing person he is and what a legend he is. Why don't you tell the fans a little bit more about Harry Neal? Well, he is a Canadian retired NCAA, NHL, and WHA coach and general manager and ice hockey broadcaster. So he actually coached the Minnesota Fighting Saints, New England Whalers, Vancouver Canucks, and the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, I mean, what like some amazing coaching gigs. But I mean, I have, of course, got a chance uh, well after his career, got a chance to work with him when he was a, a broadcaster on television, Ashton, with, with Joe Bowen. And what a character, what great stories. Uh, you know, Ashton, he'd always used to fly up the stairs at the old 60 Carlton Street at Maple Leaf Gardens and always ask me for game notes. On a game day. And uh, we'd always have a nice little stop and chat. Uh, what a nice man. Uh, I think he's I, I think he's still out in Buffalo, I, I, I believe, uh, where he kind of was home. He was actually driving into the games because he, he used to live in Buffalo. But, yeah, so much wit on the air. So, so clever with his analysis. And, uh, yeah, it's just thinking about him and uh, many great memories we had. Uh, that's Harry Neal, everybody. You Maple Leaf fans would know him. Hacksaw Harry Neal. Great stuff. Okay, it's over to Dad for my gold medal. And I'm going to actually... Uh, this was another um, um, legend that, that rubbed shoulders in the broadcast booth because Neal, of course, did Hockey Night in Canada. I can only be talking about one of the greatest play-by-play -play, uh, broadcasters in the history of hockey. He is the legend, Mr. Bob Cole. Ashton, um, Bob Cole uh, was an amazing broadcaster. His, his tones, the way that he can kind of... Uh, the, 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 the puck would be coming up on the ice and the way he would describe that you know, for the fans, just made the hair in the back of your neck stand on end. And um, everybody's got time for Bob Cole. What an amazing man. Uh, worked for Hockey Night in Canada, uh, for CBC, uh, for for so long. And um, again, an opportunity to meet, uh, to work with Coley. Again, always a guy that used to come around the, the 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 morning skates, looking for the game notes, getting his cup of coffee, getting himself ready. 
he was a, a, a pretty, uh, you'd hear him on the air, but he was pretty kind of reserved man uh, off the mic. But what a legend and a man who calls some Maple Leaf broadcast for Hockey Night in Canada, Mr. Bob Cole. Ashton, what an amazing Maple Leaf Forever tribute that was. We're going to keep the Maple Leaf and Leafs talk going. But Ashton, you're going to take us to break. This ends our father-son free-for-all segment. More father-son fun talk coming up. You're listening to the Champs and Chums podcast. Father-son fun talk. You're listening to episode 45 of the Champs and Chums podcast. And Ashton, it's now time for a next edition of our Best of segment. And what an outstanding guest we have for our fans this month. Hey Ashton, I got two questions for you, my man. Are you ready to take up the levels for episode 45? Sure am. Are you ready to go behind the mic here on Champs and Chums? Of course. Well, our very special guest has best of talent that has brought sports crowds to their feet. Since 2016, he is the signature arena voice you hear for every single home game for your Toronto Maple Leafs. The native of Ottawa, Ontario hit the career daily double, combining his passion for sports and media into one decorated career as a public address announcer and broadcaster. You've heard his dulcet tones as a public address announcer across professional and amateur sports competition, Toronto Maple Leafs, IIHF World Junior Hockey Championships, Ottawa Senators, Ottawa 67s, Ottawa Lynx, Pan Am Games to headline a few. His talented voice is complemented by more great professional experience in media broadcasting and production. NHL Network Radio host on Sirius XM Radio, OSR 1200, Chum Radio The Team 1050, Sportsnet, and AMI-TV and Radio. Add in his work as an actor in movies and television, and you have the best of sports and entertainment. Ladies and gentlemen, we are pleased to be joined and excited to go behind the mic with the arena voice for your Toronto Maple Leafs, Mike Ross. Mike, welcome to Champs and Chums. Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate the invitation. Oh, it's so awesome to have you on the show here, Mike. And as we were talking off here, so great to connect with you. I mean, we were just regaling in a few stories of how we met. Can you believe, uh, Rossi, it's been over two decades when we first had the opportunity to connect uh, in the wonderful and wide world of sports? It's unreal, isn't it? How time flies when you're having fun and, and doing some of the things that we've had an opportunity to do. And, you know, when I think back to 2001 and how my, my wife and I had been married for three years, um, or, and, and, and suddenly we've got this big decision to make. I got a job offer in Toronto and do we, do we make the plunge? Do we take it? Do we go for it? And she was a, a, a teacher, a newly graduated and, so we took the risk, and uh, wow, talk about uh, you know rolling the dice and and 
coming up uh, winners. It, it's paid off for both of us, and we've had great experiences because of it. Well, we, we are so glad you did. Leafs Nation is so glad that you did, and all the wonderful places and spaces you've shown your uh, uh, multi-level talent to uh, so appreciates us, and we're, we're, we're grateful to have you on the show. So it's great to have you on. Um, well, why don't we get into the fun father-son chat here on episode 45 with our best of guest, Mike Ross. And uh, Mike, it's Dad over here to the left of the broadcast booth. And uh, why don't you start off? I mean, I, I obviously have had the benefit of, of knowing your great travels and your great journeys. But for our fans, our listeners here on the show, why don't you talk about your early interest and ambitions to get into sports media, broadcasting, and that rise to become the public address announcer for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Well, it, it really started quite, um, uh, quite by chance. I was going to Carleton University in Ottawa, and uh, I went to university initially to become a teacher. And I wanted to be a phys ed teacher. I wanted to be a history teacher. And somewhere along the line in, in my first few months on campus, I realized that they had a, a campus community radio station called CKCU. And it was uh, Canada's first ever campus community radio station. And it was had quite a footing uh, in Ottawa. It was a well-known radio station, even for a small little community campus radio station. It was still had a good following. And um, I, was, uh, I was taking a tour one day of the campus, and we, they showed us the radio station. And I'd always kind of had an interest in media and, and radio specifically, I think because of how you know, I was brought up. We were brought up to to have dinner. We would watch the the, the evening news as a family. Um, my grandparents were very um, were, were very sort of politically savvy, um, and and so I, I was always always had that exposure to the news and to newspapers. You know, read the newspaper every day, and so that interest um, just sort of translated to radio at some point when I was a kid. And I thought, wow, this is kind of neat, a radio station where you can volunteer and, you know, go and learn about radio and, and be hands-on about it. So I managed to get a hold of the station manager, and uh, they said, well, what do you, what do you like? Like, what, what kind of music do you like? What kind of, what are your interests? And I said, well, I like sports. And they said, well, we have a sports show every Monday. Why don't you come and give it a try? So I jumped on board, and I started learning sort of the ins and outs of uh, producing a radio show, hosting a radio show. And within about four or five months, um, everybody pretty much who was involved on that show graduated. And so I took over the show. And all of a sudden, at the age of, I think I was... 20 going on 21 I'm getting media credentials and I'm going to NHL games and CFL games and professional baseball games and as a sports fan that was phenomenal I mean it's a, a free seat at a game I get to see pro sports all the time and and it doesn't you know I don't I don't have to pay to get in are you kidding me but then I also started realizing that there were people doing that as a job. 
And I, as much as I loved media and was very attentive to media, I never really gave it a, that, that thought as a career, as, as something that you could do as for, for a, to make a living. And it was by going to games and meeting a lot of the local uh, media and reporters where I kind of went, hmm, this is pretty interesting. And I kind of like this. And then when I started doing stuff on the air, I really enjoyed that. And so from there, it, it just started sort of snowballing into meeting more people in, in the local uh, media and then landing my very first ever uh, you know, radio job, commercial radio job. <clears throat> and it was with a music radio station that in 1998 – switched formats and went all sports. And at that point I had established myself there as a pretty dependable guy. Um, and a guy with obviously a lot of sports interests. And so they, they, they kept me around. They made me, uh, the producer of the morning show, uh, on the OSR 1200, which then became the team 1200 and now is TSN 1200, uh, all these years later. But, you know, at the time, there was only the Fan 590 in Canada as far as sports radio. I was just going to say that, Ross. That was, that was at yeah. around the time where, like, so this was the second all-sports radio station in the country. That's right. That, that you were working for. And, and the great thing with that was that you, 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 get, you got opportunities to do stuff because, you know, nobody was trained to do sports radio. This wasn't the United States where there were hundreds of sports radio stations. ESPN was already a brand. You know, Fox Sports was establishing itself as a brand. CBS uh, Sports Radio was establishing itself. So it, it, it kind of made it maybe a little bit easier to sort of wiggle my way into it. But once I was there, you know, it was very much on-the-job training. And, and so you had to pedal pretty fast, and you had to learn really quick. Um, but that that sort of got me got me going in in sports, um, and then through that, then I made contacts with um, you know with the Ottawa Lynx baseball team, with the Ottawa 67s hockey team, with the Senators, and you start that's when you start networking, you start making contacts, and you start making friends, and the next thing I know, uh, you know, I'm getting an opportunity to uh, to fill in at Ottawa Lynx games um, in their uh, scoreboard room, just help run the scoreboard or fill in for the DJ and play some music. And all the while at Carleton, because I do the sports show on the campus radio station, the football team approaches me and says, hey, we need a PA announcer. I got graduated, so we're looking for a new announcer. You do the sports show on, on campus. How about you come and be our announcer? Well, I'd never been a PA announcer in my life. But I knew of great PA announcers, right? Like I grew up hearing the voices of, uh, of Paul Morris with mm -hmm. the Maple Leafs and Claude Mouton in Montreal with the Expos and with the Canadians. And so I, I said, yeah, sure, you know, I'll give it a shot. And I really enjoyed it. It was a great experience. And then that starts to snowball because then the Ottawa Lynx hear me doing 
some some football games. Hey, you were you fill in on our scoreboard. You fill in for our DJ. How about you fill in for our PA announcer when he needs a night off? I start doing that, and eventually, that gentleman who I would fill in for his name was Gord Breen, and Gord was the voice of the Ottawa Lynx and the Ottawa 67s, and he first retired from hockey in 1999, and I auditioned for that gig. Didn't initially get it. James Sabalski got it. Oh, Sabalski, right. And then Sabalski got a job in Vancouver, I believe. It was either Toronto or Vancouver, but I think it was Vancouver. And in in December of that year, um, the 67s called me and said, "Hey, we need our we need a PA announcer, and you know we loved your audition. How about you take the job?" So all of a sudden, now I'm doing it every Friday, every Sunday for the Ottawa 67s. We win a Memorial Cup in my first year there, which was unbelievable. Um, we uh, we win an, an OHL championship a couple of years later. Like it was a great run. I was I was only with the 67s for three years, but two different championships in that time. And in 2001, the Ottawa Lynx, Gord retired from the Lynx, and so the Lynx approached me and said, "Hey, uh, you know, how about you take the uh, the baseball job?" So I took that job. So now I was doing hockey and baseball. And a week before the 2001 regular season, I get a chance to to get a, take a job in Toronto in sports radio, because the uh, the, the the chum experiment of, of sports radio, mm-hmm. you know, happened a long time ago. I mean, TSN 1050 is doing really well now, mm-hmm. but we actually were the first TSN 1050 or, or 1050 Sports back in 2001. And that's when I first moved to Toronto to help launch uh, that and in producing there. Um, so I had to, I had to unfortunately uh, give up announcing in uh, in Ottawa in order to uh, take the job here in Toronto. But you know, it, it, you just sort of go all the way back to the start of this, and it starts with taking that tour of the, the university campus and taking a volunteer position and and just learning on the spot and just you know managing to have that snowball into all these other opportunities that happen for me well that's fantastic and if, of course now a public address announcer since 2016 the toronto maple Leafs, and in and, and i mean hearing your rich answer and talking about the journey i i'm, I'm certain along the way that there were these career mentors, and we talk a lot about it on Champs and Chums, how important it is to have mentors. I mean, not just in sports, but in life. How about you? I mean, how can you talk about who your greatest career mentors were and um, how did they help you build success as a media pro that you are uh, as, as we talk to you here this to this day? I've been so lucky. Um, everywhere I have worked, along the way. And, and I use that term loosely um, because as you know, when you're, when you make your living in, in broadcasting or in sports and it, it's something you, you make your living at doing something you love. Um, you know, they say you never really work a day in your life. And, and I really, I really believe that. I, I, I think I'm, I'm the embodiment of it that I've had a lot of different jobs but I've never felt like I was ever really working. Like I've always 
had a lot of fun. And, and the reason I think I've been able to have a lot of fun is every time that I've sort of made a move either up or into a new position, I've had great people around me to show me the ropes. And, you know, one of the great things that I'm proud of in my career is that I've been a part of startups so many times in uh, radio, in TV, and it, it, it can be kind of a daunting thing to, to be the first ones, you know, on, into the, the, through the door and, and into the, that, that elevator on the ground floor and building it up. Um, but a lot of times, you know, you, you do have to be surrounded by people with experience. And, and I think of some of the biggest names in broadcasting in this country, you know, Jim Van Horn, Jim Taddy, Stephen Brunt. These are all guys that I produced for. And I worked alongside these guys, you know, day in, day out. And I think the thing that sort of blew me away in the early days of working with those guys is that it would have been easy for, for these, these guys were so established. They were household names. Uh-huh. It could be, it can be so easy for them to, um, to sort of put themselves on a pedestal and, and just sort of, you know, keep everybody else at arm's length and, and, you know, just make sure you do your job and make sure I have the materials I need and, and, and that's good enough. But they were, the farthest from that advice. I mean, like I still see all three of those guys, like I'm in regular contact to this day with them um, because they meant so much to me. The advice they gave me, um, the way they, they pushed me. I can think of times where um, they really pushed me to be, to be better and at the time, it kind of felt like maybe they were being hard on me uh, or, or um, maybe I thought at the time maybe being too demanding of me, but they weren't, you know, and, and you, you always realize that in retrospect, that they were simply making me better. They were making me ex- expect more from myself and also realize that I could deliver more. Right. Because sometimes, you know, no matter what you're doing, whether you're playing a sport or you're doing homework for school, you may not realize just how much you can do. And sometimes it takes somebody else, you know, somebody from the outside to sort of make you realize what you can do and what, you, you know, the potential that you have. And, and I think of, of guys like both Jim's and Steven, and I think, you know, my early days in, in radio in Ottawa, um, Diane Wilson was our, our station manager. She was the first station manager I ever had. She was an amazing leader. Um, and I think of, you know, a guy like, I don't, you may not know the name, but Brian Scott, Brian was the morning show host when I first started at Energy 1200. And when we flipped to all sports, Brian came back as the morning show host. 
hired me as uh, the producer for his show. And it was amazing to me because I had, I listened to Brian when I was in high school, Brian was the morning show host and I would listen to his morning show. Suddenly then we're, we're working at the same radio station. Three years later, I'm his producer. Hmm. And just a couple of years after that, we become best friends and I'm in his wedding party. Um, and like that, that evolution, the belief that he had in me from day one, um, you know, meant everything to me. So, you know, if I can't, if someone said name, name a mentor, I can't name one because I've just had so many great ones in every job that I've held over the last 25 to 30 years. Oh, wonderful words and words of wisdom and advice. And yeah, some of those names you mentioned, uh, I mean, you, you certainly on a closer level, but you, you mentioned the two gyms, Van Horn and Taddy and Stephen Brunt. I mean, just having a chance to to work with them during my years in sports. I mean, uh, absolute pros, legends of the of their of their craft, and incredibly nice human beings. And um, I, 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 you were talking about Brian Scott there, and um, I kind of find that in sports, it's such a amazing fraternity. Like, and, and it's like sports, sports, media, sports a lot of the friendships you seem to have for for a long time like it just comes out of sports i mean so it was really you know good of you to say that cuz i think a lot of people who maybe are on the outside they 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 don't um, fully appreciate how beautiful and special friendships chumship can be in the world of sports well we spend so much time together right so you're you're on a team you're you're practicing, mm-hmm. you're playing games together. If you're working in, in amateur sport, pro sports, you, you spend so much time together that those relationships, I mean, they, those people become more like family than, than any other, I think, any other job that you can have. And you live not only you know, through the, the day-to-day stuff, but we have a shared passion for sports. And so when you live some amazing highs and sometimes some difficult lows, you're also going through those with those colleagues. And, and how can you not have them become like family when you, when you live through those things? Well, you know, you are a veteran broadcast guy because you come up with the perfect segue here on our best of segment here with Mike Ross, our special guest. And uh, I want to turn it over to my teammate now, my 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 uh, my best of champ and chum. That's that's my son, Ashton, who's uh, going to take you the reins here on this best of chat with uh, Mike Ross. Ashton, take it away. Mike, it's so great to talk to you. And um me and my dad have uh, heard your work at Scotiabank Arena when we go to the Leafs games. And uh, with that said, you've had outstanding success in your professional career. Can you share with the fans some of your personal career highlights? Wow, I've had, <coughs> excuse me, so many. Um, if I if I go back sort of to the the, the earliest days, um, we we recently passed a, a pretty cool anniversary for me, uh, May twenty third, nineteen ninety nine. 
I was the announcer for the Ottawa 67s junior hockey team, and we won the Memorial Cup that day. Um, and one of the one of the great things that I, that I got out of that was, uh, first of all, just the celebration of that day, and then uh, you know having had connected with the players and. And went down to the dressing room after the game to congratulate the guys. And a couple of them brought the Memorial Cup over to me and, and had me drink out of the Memorial Cup. Nice. Um, that was an amazing moment for me. And, you know, you guys you guys watch sports and you hear this all the time, that a, you know, a player will win a championship in his first year and thinks, you know, wow, this is great. I mean, we're going to do this every year. Well, you know, I won – a Memorial Cup in my first year as a PA announcer. And I did, you know, I, we, won an, we won an OHL championship a couple of years later. Um, but that was it. I did not win another championship as an announcer until I was part of Canada winning gold at baseball at the Pan Am Games and then Canada winning gold at the World Junior Championship in uh, 2015 here in Toronto. So there was a, a long stretch there without winning. Um, but, you know, I go back to, to 99 and that first uh, championship winning a Memorial Cup and getting, they, they allowed me to take the cup for a day uh, in, the, in the late uh, summer, early fall. And I got to bring it to my grandfather's house my grandfather is he's the reason I love sports my parents were not big sports fans my grandfather was a huge sports fan very athletic played a lot of sports growing up and he was the reason I was a Leaf fan growing up we watched games together we were Montreal Expos fans together we were football fans together and so to be able to bring the Memorial Cup to his house and and have him sip out of it you know those those are, are memories that i have forever i have pictures of it i got pictures of him drinking out of the cup uh holding up the memorial cup uh that was just incredible um so you know if i go back to those early days that was pretty amazing um and i think i mean obviously just the day that i got the call that I'd gotten the the Maple Leafs job, um, you know. Never mind all the great experiences I've had in those seven seasons since, but the day that I got that call and was told I had the job, and the last thing the director of game presentation uh, Anton Wright told me at, at, on that phone call was. Welcome to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And when he said those words, I mean, my knees just went weak. Like I was just so moved by that. My whole life has been about sports. I wanted to, to play professional sports. I was never going to be a professional athlete. I was sort of your middle of the pack, good at all kinds of sports, not great at any of them. Um, oh, come on, so man. I've I'm, seen you play baseball on some of these videos on uh, Facebook, you know, <laughs> so I, I, I beg to differ. 
I was I was okay. <laughs> baseball was probably of all the sports, baseball was my best. It's the one where I of all of them, it's the one I played at the highest level, no doubt about that. Okay. Um, but when 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 you hear words like that and those words specifically, welcome to the Toronto Maple Leafs. That was, I mean, even now I'm telling you guys the story and the hairs on my arms are standing up. Like it was just an unbelievable moment. And, and really every minute since has been incredible. You know, you, you go to, go to a bookstore and open a book by Lance Hornby on the history of the Maple Leafs. And my name is in there. I mean, it's just mind blowing to me. It's mind blowing. And, you know, your dad, your dad knows what that feels like. Because he was there, and and you know, I I can't imagine Anthony what it was like for you the first time you saw your name on a piece of paper of Maple Leafs letterhead. Like there's just something so yeah. special about yeah. that. Yeah, Rossi, you know what? I I shared that story uh, with Ashton, and and it's it still makes me feel great when. I walked into Bob Stellick's office and, and Pat Park was there and uh, chums to this day. And yeah, the, you described it so perfectly. You're so great with your words here on, on, on the, on broadcast and, and, and talking to the fans and quick story for me, when I received that great news that I'd be a full-time member in the media relations department of the Toronto Maple Leafs, I, I went down from the hockey office. I, I raced, I raced down it would have been to probably the greens. I picked up the payphone, and the first person I called was my mom. And I was so overcome with emotion um, and shared that with her with tears in my eyes about landing this. And um, and you've just echoed what I think a lot of people do who have this passion for sport and, and put a dream in front of them. And, and, you know, the things we talk about, you know, working hard, being respectful, and just giving it your best. And, uh, yeah, it's it's so nice to hear your story though because well, that that was such a well publicized audition like yeah. there, it was almost like a who's who that was going yeah, for that it, it was quite a process i mean it was yeah. it was about a month and a half in length um and there were s- sort of different um different steps to go through so that the initial audition in person um and they had invited 22 people to uh, to audition oh. And then they cut that down to five people and then they cut it down to two people. And the final two, um, had to go in to meet with, uh, Shannon Hosford, uh-huh. who's VP of, uh, of marketing and fan experience, Anton Wright, who is the director of game presentation at the time for MLSE. He's now got a, a much bigger title and a lot more responsibility since then. Um, and Brendan Shanahan mm. and, um, it was a Friday afternoon and yeah, so there were, there was, it was quite a process from start to finish. And then it was another eight days until Anton called me and, uh, and gave me that news. Um, and I'm so glad you said, you know, the first person you called was your mom, because for me living in, in, in Toronto, and being four hours away from our families, we have just sort of learned to live a lot of these moments over the years over the phone and, you know, always calling people after the fact with the news. In this case, my parents were visiting us that weekend and we had gone out for lunch 
with my parents just before they were set to head home. So my parents were with me mm. when I got that phone call. And, you know, the, 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 the joy that you just expressed, I got to, to live that firsthand with my parents. And there have been, there haven't been a lot of those moments that we've been able to share in real time like that over the last 20 years. So it was really nice to be able to do that. Um, and I've, and you know, I've told people before, my only regret was that my grandfather, though he, we, we had that Memorial cup experience together, never got to hear me announce an NHL game. Never got to, to know the news that I, I was with the Maple Leafs because he passed away in 2006. Oh, and, and so we, we, we lived a great moment with the Memorial Cup, and I'm so thankful that we did, and I'm so thankful that I took pictures of it. Um, and that, I mean, that would have been my first phone call. No offense to my parents, but that would have been my first phone call if, if he'd still been around. Um, and, and I went to, uh, his, uh, his grave, um, after my first season and I took the lapel pin that the Maple Leafs had given me and I buried it with him there. So, so I, I totally get what you're talking about when, when you talk about the emotion of, of landing that kind of opportunity and, and who you want to share it with. Um, because I'll tell you, and, and Ashton, listen up, because you'll, you'll, you'll understand. If you don't understand it now, you'll understand it someday. It doesn't matter how old you get. Your parents are always going to be the most proud of you, and they're the ones you're always going to want to share news like that with first. I promise you that. Oh, so special. Such great words um, there. It's just beautiful, uh, Mike. And uh, well, you know, you're the master of the segue because I believe Ashton in, in his, his good show notes here actually wants to talk to you about parents and family. So Ashton, take it away. Mike, what were some of the greatest lessons and words of advice your parents have shared with you? Wow. Well, I'll tell you, I'll give you the funny story first. Then I'll give you the serious stuff, okay? So the funny thing is when I was your age and I was getting into sports and, and you know, reading box scores every day from baseball games and just watching every bit of sports that I could watch on TV. And don't forget, when I was your age, we didn't have TSN in our house. I think TSN was probably just coming on the air at the time, about 1984. Um so we didn't have TSN. We got maybe one or two baseball games on TV a week. You'd get one hockey game, and you'd get some football. And that was it. And living in Ottawa, you didn't have satellite dishes, and you didn't have the Internet. So we got American TV from Rochester. So we get the Buffalo Bills, and that's why I'm a big Bills fan to this day. And I knew about the Rochester Red Wings and the Rochester Amherst before I knew about a lot of teams just because that's what was on television back then. So I just ate all that up. I just watched all of it. I, I listened to baseball games on the radio at night. Under, under my pillow, I kept a radio. and would Sunday speak. night baseball, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you'd get, you know, with, with AM radio, 
you could tune in on those Saturday and Sunday nights. You could get American channels that you normally couldn't get during the week. And it was just amazing. Like I'm, and, and, and growing up with the Montreal Expos on the radio in Ottawa, Dave Van Horn was, I mean, the voice of my childhood for baseball. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I, I just ate it all up. And I'll tell you, my dad used to tell me, Michael, and that's when I knew I was in trouble, right? It wasn't Mike. It was Michael. Michael, if you only paid as much attention to your homework as you did to baseball scores, you'd be a genius. You'd be number one in your class. And as I got a little bit older, I remember my dad saying, I don't know why you spend all this time watching all this sports and caring so much about sports. It's not like you're ever going to make your living watching sports. Oh, wow. The irony. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, we laugh about that. Like, and, and, and he, I like to sometimes when, when, when he and I are with people who you know, maybe don't know what I do and are learning about it for the first time and just... They're just amazed. And, oh, my God, what a great job. And you've had so many cool experiences. I always like to tell that story and say how, you know, my dad said I would never make a living <laughs> watching sports. And it's pretty much all that I've done uh, or, or a large majority of what I've done. Um, so that's the fun, the funny story, the funny angle of this. But I think, Ashton, honestly, my parents were just, really big believers in working hard and just never quitting. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to, to admit that maybe you're not the best at something or that you need help with something because it's the only way you're ever going to get better and get over that hump. And that's in sports. That's in, in school. Sometimes it can be in relationships um, you know, my parents were always very, very approachable and they wanted me to talk to them and they wanted me to go to them, uh, if I needed advice, if I needed help. Um, and, and, you know, they, they instilled that in me. And so, you know, that's, that's honestly probably one of the big reasons that I got into coaching and, and I've coached youth baseball now for going on 30 years. You know, my wife and I don't have children, um, but we're both, in a way, we're both educators. I mean, my wife is a school principal. She's been in education her whole career, and I do some substitute teaching, but I also look at coaching, and I think I think of that as teaching. Um, I teach sports, but at the same time, I also try and teach some life lessons, and and so I think... The example I got from my parents uh, about working hard and never being shy to ask for help is something that I've taken into what I do first, you know, in sports, but also then in, in learning different jobs along the way that I've had to learn. And now at my age, I've become the guy who's the senior guy. And now I'm helping younger people and answering their questions. So, yeah, I think that's, that's you know, uh, probably the, the best advice my parents ever gave me was to, to never be afraid to ask for help because at some point we all need it in 
some facet of our lives. You're listening to episode 45 of the Champs and Chums podcast. This is our best of segment. Our special guest here is the signature arena voice for your Toronto Maple Leafs, Mike Ross. It's been a fascinating conversation, Rossi, uh, during this segment. And uh, I hope you get a little bit more time because we, we just the conversation's been great. Uh, you still okay for uh, your time, uh, Mike? Absolutely. I'm okay. having a great time. Awesome. So so are we. So are we. And um, speaking of great time and speaking of fascinating, um, and, you know, as you know, as we met in the sports world, I, I, I kind of know what a day in the life is, but our, I don't think all of our fans do. And we would love to hear you share with us, um, what's the day in the life for a public address announcer representing the Toronto Maple Leafs? And maybe as you two can, if you can sneak in, because I know we talked about it off air, you've been obviously the signature arena voice, but you've been at many Leaf Nation events. One very recent, all the stuff that was going on at uh, Maple Leaf Square. One, if you can sneak that in and describe for the listeners what was going on there and just the roar of the crowd and everything else. Um, I'd love to just sort of dial back here and listen to you talk about a day in the life. Absolutely. So if it's, um, if I'm working in the arena, um, you know, my, my day, my announcing day starts sort of mid morning ish when we get the media notes sent to us. And the first thing I do is I look through both our roster and the visiting team's roster for, for us. I want to see, if there's anybody who has been called up that, um, that maybe I'm not familiar with. Um, so if it's a call up from the Marlies or maybe we've, maybe we've just signed somebody or made a trade. So I, I want to make sure I'm up on lease news for that day. And then I start going through the visiting roster and I'm trying to find names that I might not be familiar with so that I know I can go and find the pronunciation of those names. Luckily, technology is a great, great help to PA announcers everywhere now. Um, we have a really tight group of guys around the NHL, and we, we're all in, mostly in touch with each other and checking in on each other and how things are going. And... Way back when I started, the uh, announcer for the Pittsburgh Penguins, his name is Ryan Mill. Ryan started a website where all of the NHL announcers input their rosters along with voice files of themselves reading their roster. So that if ever you are wondering and you, you need help, pronouncing the name of the player from another team, you can go on this website and hear their announcer saying his name. And you, you're not getting it through you know, YouTube. You're not getting it through a third party who may, may or may not have the correct pronunciation. You're getting it right from the announcer, from the arena, for every team around the NHL. Oh, that's fascinating. I didn't know it, that because, I mean, back in my time with the, the Leafs, I mean, the, the, the legend Paul Morris wouldn't have had that kind no. of uh, stuff. No, and, and the NHL for many years has had a pronunciation guide that they send out at the start of that's the season. Right. Um, but even that, 
has has had many instances where the the the, the pronunciation was just assumed, you know, because well, we've always said that name this way, and in <laughs> fact, it was not correct. Um, and and I, you know, you you run into so many players now who sometimes you know, go a couple of years of having their name pronounced one way, but then finally speak up and say, well, you know, actually my name is pronounced this way. <laughs> and it can be, it can be a little dicey sometimes. So, you know, we've done a couple of things that have been very helpful, both at the NHL level and at the Leafs level. So at the NHL level, we've got that website, which is super helpful. The NHL also has their official pronunciation voice that they put on their website. Um, but again, I have found over time that just as the pronunciation guide can sometimes have mistakes, the NHL's website sometimes has mistakes or different pronunciations. So what we do with the Leafs is every, t every year and then through the season as new players arrive, we – we do two things. Um, media relations will get the player on tape pronouncing his name oh. and we're uh, giving us his hometown because sometimes that differs from the official record too. For example, you know, William Nylander was born in Calgary, but he considers Stockholm, Sweden, his hometown. Uh -huh. So when we're introducing William, you know, the first few seasons we were saying Calgary, and then William finally said, you know what, I'd really prefer if you'd said uh, Stockholm. Same thing with Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner's listed as officially being Markham. That's where he was born. But his hometown is Thornhill. So you run into these situations where the, the quote-unquote official information on rosters is, says one thing, but what the player will tell you is something else. And that's where, that's what we go with. So we get the guys on tape and that way I've got it and I can share it. Our fans, they, they, they share it on social media. So the fans get to see it as well. Mm. So that the, the fans aren't getting on me when I'm saying Samsonov and they're telling me, no, it's Samsonov. Samsonov. And it's like, no, I realize in the past it's been Samsonov. But here's Ilya on tape three weeks ago, you know, before training camp, telling us how to say his name. But Ashton, so, do you realize here we're talking to the very pro, the very guy that I think every time I, 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 I say William Nylander, I have to say it like <laughs> Rossi does, Nylander. <laughs> and I can't say it like you, but Ashton, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, uh, anyway, sorry. I, 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 you know, it's incredible you say that oh, because yeah? I think Willie, his name and, and my pronunciation of Nylander and the way I draw it out that yeah. Nylander, <laughs> that is the one I get the most feedback oh, from people. Oh, good. Good, good feedback, they right? They love it. Okay, good. They, okay. It is absolutely the, the, the if, if you were, I think if you were to poll people yeah. and say, what's your favorite Rossi pronunciation of a Leafs player? From my experience, the feedback I've gotten from fans is Nylander's oh, we love number it. one. Yeah. yeah, we love it. But yeah. I just to say, like, I think of you all the time when I even just read the guy's name. <laughs> you know what and, I mean? So. And, and, and that started before he, before he was a Leaf. Oh, because yeah. my first World Junior Championship 
Nylander was playing for Sweden. Mm. And there was all this buzz because we were getting our first look at at this up-and-coming future Leaf star. And there was a lot of buzz for all of Sweden's games at what was then the Air Canada Centre. Mm-hmm. So even then, I had started to sort of put a little bit of emphasis on it. Um, so it actually has its roots in the double IHF and, and not just in the Leafs. Oh, cool. Cool. Good stuff. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I, I interrupted you there as you're uh, summarizing your, your day in the life. No. It, so, so it's just speaking to the importance of pronunciations because yeah. I'll tell you, there's nothing really as, as personal as your name. And for me, it's so important to get that pronunciation right. And, you know, I think of, you know, a player who is playing in his first NHL game or scoring his first NHL goal. And who knows, you know, that may be his only NHL game. That may be the only time he ever plays in the NHL. His family's there, friends are there, and he, you know, he scores a goal. Well, I, I want to make sure that I deliver a positive experience for that player. Even if it's a visiting player, he's got friends and family in the stands, and I don't want to botch it. I don't want to taint that memory for them by mispronouncing the name. So, you know, when I think back to the days of uh, being a fan and listening to the likes of Paul Morris and Claude Mouton, Bob Shepard with the New York oh, Yankees. Oh, Bob Shepard, yeah, what a great one. Like these, these, are, these are, are, are people who you know, did the job and, and shared that same philosophy. And, and I just think that you know, I, I don't ever want to be the reason people have a negative memory of watching, you know, a Leaf game, watching even if it's a visiting player, because I don't want to take anything away from what is, you know, one of the biggest moments of their careers. So that's really the most, that's the most important part of the job is the pronunciation. So I spend a lot of time going over that, making sure that I've got it right. And then later on in the afternoon, I usually try and grab a a little snooze in the afternoon. And then around 2.30, I start heading into the city. I live east of Toronto, so uh, I've usually got about a 40, 40 to 45-minute drive into, uh, into the city. And uh, once we get into the arena, it's going into my little sound booth and just setting up for, for the night. So I've got my score sheet. I've got my three-star sheet. I've got my starting lineup sheet. I get everything set to go. I go over the rosters again. I check the news of the day again because maybe something's happened in the afternoon. I need to be on top of things. And then we run through a sound check and a rehearsal. And once we're, once we're done all that, then it's time to grab a quick, uh, a quick bite for dinner. And then, then the gates open and then the, the show begins. So, you know, it's, there's, there's a lot of work uh, that goes into getting ready for those gates to open and, and making sure you're, you're prepared and, and ready to go. Well, I'm so glad that uh, you're, you're, you're summarizing and, and, sh- and 
talking about the detail and you know Ashton you know I know you're listening up on it right I mean Rossi's a pro he's organized you can hear the preparation that's required you know to to get it done and I wanted to kudos to you man as well I mean the stuff you're doing with your score sheets and uh you know your uh the the donations are going to MLSE fund that that, what a great initiative and idea you had there to do it how did that all kind of come to you how did it all come together it all started in the in the pandemic during and, the pandemic okay you know early days of the pandemic um you know i was telling you guys how we've got a, a really tight group of announcers around the nhl and we were doing a zoom call one day and al murdoch who is the voice of the vancouver canucks he's also the official voice of the nhl so he does the uh, winter classic he'll do the all he does the all-star game all those big events um and al was telling us yeah i'm i'm gonna start doing some some uh, goal call videos and i thought okay what do you what do you mean goal he's oh i'm just i'm taking these classic vancouver canuck goals and just throwing them out there to give people a little bit of a taste of of hockey because everybody's missing hockey right now and I thought, okay, <clears throat> that's kind of cool. And I think it was the next day, there was a, a social media post put out by a Leafs fan whose little boy was having his birthday party, and it had to be canceled because we were all in lockdown. That's right. And this little boy was very disappointed because he was going to have all his friends over. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to do a goal call with that little boy's name in, in the place of the goal score. And I'm going to put Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner as the assists. And I'm going to do a video and I'm going to send it to him for his birthday. I just thought, you know, I felt, I felt so sad for that little guy. So I put that out there and they, they loved it. The little boy loved it. And I was so happy. Um, but then people started picking up on that and saying, hey, can you, can you do one of those for you know, me? I, I'm <laughs> like, I want to be the goal scorer. My, my dad and my grandfather are the, the assists. Hmm. And, and so I started doing those. And soon people were, saying, were, were, were um, writing to me you know, like every day. And I was, listen, I was just so happy to be, you know, a, a, a bit of positivity in people's lives. A good distraction were, during the, those like, tough it, times. Yeah. yeah. And it was, those were tough times. And suddenly people are saying, hey, I want to donate to a charity in exchange for this. Mm. And I thought, hey, okay, listen, you do you. You make a donation to the charity you want to make a donation to. But if you're so inclined, MLSE Foundation and MLSE Launchpad, a couple of great organizations that do so much, and, and Launchpad does so much for youth through sports. Uh, I said, you know, that's a great charity to support if you're if you're just stuck looking for one. And that's what started happening, and people just started doing it. And before I knew it, this over about a three or four month span. I ended up doing over 1,700 videos. Wow. Oh. It, was, it was just <laughs> unreal. 
and talking to other announcers around the league that were telling me, yeah. you know, they've done 25 videos, 30 videos, 50 videos. And I said, well, I did over 1,700. <laughs> That's the power of Leafs Nation <laughs> right there. Leafs Nation in full effect. 100%. And I was doing uh, them for people around the globe. I was sending videos to people in Australia, oh. Japan, <laughs> all over Europe. Canada, the U.S. It was amazing. Oh, that's fantastic! And, and the generosity of Leafs Nation is is what did that. You know, I was just happy to, to to add a little positivity to people's lives. They're the ones who suddenly said, "Hey, we want to give back for this." And it was the next season where, for the one night, I just um. We, we had a game where it, it was just like a ton of goals. Like I think there was like 10 or 11 goals in a game. And I took a picture of my score sheet and somebody replied to it on Twitter and said, Hey, can I buy that from you? Mm. And I thought, well, well, no, you can't buy it from me because I'm not, I'm not in the business of selling things, but if you want to make a donation to the foundation, I'll send it to you. And I haven't stopped since. Well, Every... that, that's awesome. And so not yeah. just the voice is, is, is signature, man, but your, your, your penmanship is signature too. I couldn't do that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> my teachers. My, oh, that's I would, right. I would love to see them nowadays <laughs> and, and be able to show them because back then uh. I, I did not have great penmanship as a kid. So no, it's, it, it, it's, it's worked out pretty nicely for me oh. in a day and age when we don't tend to use pens and pencils very often. I still do every day and it's, it's paying off, but in all seriousness, you know, it's the, it's, it is the kindness and generosity of Leafs Nation that makes that go. And I am happy to, uh, uh, to send fans those items and they, they, Hey, win or lose those sheets. Um, they, they get donations from, from people and, and the kindness, uh, that our fans show every single day through me has been absolutely tremendous. So it's, it's been a great initiative, but it's only half me. Uh, if, if that the biggest portion of this is the generosity of our fans. Well, great on you, Rossi. Great, great on Leafs nation. What a wonderful initiative. Uh, and you're right at a time, boy, oh boy, as you took through those video call, those, those calls. And then of course, now with the score sheets, it, uh, it was just a necessary distraction through a really, really difficult time for everybody so good yep. on you my man um and, and ashton's kind of tugging at me because he's got a burning question for you but i want you to sneak in given the fact that this is our our may episode episode 45 because uh, fans uh, mike ross was among center stage there at maple Leaf square so i wonder if you yeah. can kind of give you know a real sneak peek into what was happening there and, and how sure. electric it was for you and the rest of the team yeah, it, it was an invitation that was sent out to me um, probably about a, a month and a half, two months before the playoffs. I did one game last season. It was game six against Tampa Bay. And um, I was asked, hey, would you mind coming to the square announcing your goals, leap goals? No problem. Happy to do it. It was a very cool experience for me. Um, but it was, it was a one-off. And yet they enjoyed it so much. They said, let's do it again. And let's do all road games this year. 
So it was so cool to be there and feeding off the energy of that crowd. They were so into it. And, they and were a younger so, crowd too, eh, Ross? Not young, the kind yes. of type that you would get in. Well, I shouldn't say that, but it's it's not probably your typical crowd inside Scotiabank, right? Absolutely. It was a young crowd. And, um, you know, the, the, it, it was so great to see the energy build through the series and into the second round. Um, but for me, from, from, from my performance, what was really cool was the relationship with that audience growing with every game that I did to the point where I would come out to announce a goal or I would come out and do the starting lineup and the fans were announcing the players' names with me in the same style as me. Yeah, yeah. And and they, they would start sort of come you know, sort of rushing over to the stage where I was doing it. And, you know, I've joked with a few people that's like the closest I'm ever gonna be to being a rock star. Being on a stage with a huge crowd that's going crazy with energy and, and excitement and and really responding to everything I'm saying. Um yeah, it, it was it was unbelievable, and to to, to stand there after winning that, that that first round and seeing just the celebration in that square um, is it, something I'll never forget. Like just literally standing on the stage, drinking it in, and watching. The, the, the fans celebrating that was just unbelievable. Oh, you've just described it so nicely. Maple Leaf magic in the air. And, yeah, uh, absolutely. Ashton, you're tugging to me here. You got another question for our best of guests. A few more here as we uh, work on a great chat here with uh, Mike Ross. Ashton, take it away. Mike, throughout your professional career, you've met, um, you know, so many athletes in sports and entertainment. And uh, with that said, who are some of your favorite athletes of all time and why? Well, I think, you know, if I were to go sort of sport by sport, if I were to go hockey, um, you know, growing up a Maple Leaf fan, I, I love Daryl Sittler. Um, but my first Leafs jersey ever was a number 10 because of Vincent Danfuss. Um and, and then as I grew older, Wendell Clark was just huge, obviously. And then Doug Gilmore, then you get into the Sundin and the Cujo years and Darcy Tucker. And, um, the great thing, I'll tell you guys, honestly, about my involvement with the Maple Leafs now, often are the alumni events that I get to, to be in, involved with. Mm-hmm. And some of the relationships that I've been able to make there, because, you know, th- there's, it's just something about being, um, being able to work with and get to know some of the players that I watched as a fan growing up and you know, the, the, like earlier this year at one point, Doug Gilmore walked past us in the hall and we made eye contact and, and Doug said, Oh, Hey Mike, how's it going? Wow. 
And I froze, man. I was just like, oh, my God, Doug Gilmore knows my name. Are you kidding me? Like, that was just amazing to yeah, me. that's awesome. Um, you know, and, and then I've, I've gotten to know so many of these guys, and, and they're just such great guys um, that it, it's it's so cool to to be able to work with, with a lot of the guys that I idolized and cheered for when I was growing up. But I think, honestly – the 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 athlete that probably had the most influence on me as a fan was Gary Carter. Gary Carter was a, uh, an all-star baseball player for the Montreal Expos. Then he, he, he went to the uh, New York Mets. He won a World Series with the Mets and then would go on to play for a couple of other teams. He played for the Dodgers. He played for the, the San Francisco Giants and then came back to the Expos. But as a kid, I mean, Gary Carter was, was the man. And I was a catcher when I played. I was a catcher because Gary Carter was a catcher. I wore number eight my whole career because Gary Carter wore number eight. But in 1998, as we're getting ready to launch sports radio in Ottawa, again, only the second ever sports radio station in Canada at the time, I'm sent to an Expos game in Montreal with a tape recorder and asked to get different players, managers, coaches, executives, media, even media members to voice what we call IDs. And what that was was go up to a player and you know go up to Ashton and say, Ashton, I need you to say, hi, this is Ashton, and you're listening to OSR 1200. Just little IDs like that. Nothing complicated. Yeah. But I had to go up to people that I'd never met before and explain to them who we were, what I, we were doing, why I was there, and ask them if they would do these recordings. And so I'm up in the press box before the game, and, and there's a, the, the media lounge, and I see – Gary Carter, my childhood hero. So I take a deep breath. I walk up to Gary Carter. I introduce myself. I tell him why I'm there. And I ask him if he would record some IDs. And he says, absolutely. So we record them. Finish the recording. I say, thank you so much. And Without skipping a beat, he says, hey, have you had lunch yet? And I said, no. Well, let's, let's grab a bite. Wow. We go over. We grab some lunch. We sit down. We have lunch together. And Gary Carter, my childhood hero, spends most of the next 30 to 45 minutes asking me about the radio station, about what we're doing, about how I got into radio. He wanted to know, he just talked about me and asked about me. And finally I had to cut him off at one point. And I just said, all right. You got to run the tape back to the station. (laughs) I said, you need to let me be a fan here for just a second. I've been trying to keep my cool. I've been trying to be a pro here. But I said, you are the reason I'm a catcher. You are the reason I wore number eight through all my years playing baseball. I said, everything, I said, in fact, 
my very first ever autograph was a Gary Carter autograph that you signed for my cousin on a plane that you signed to Mike best wishes, Gary Carter on the back of my cousin's business card. And my cousin brought that to me and I still have that autograph. Oh, wow. And I mean, you know, the, you'll, you'll often hear people say, you know, don't meet your heroes. You're, you're going to be disappointed. I was not disappointed. Only regret was this was pre-cell phone era, so I never, I didn't get a picture. Oh, you can snap a pic well. Didn't have a camera, but I've got it in my brain. I've got that memory for as long as I have it, and it was, you know, I've, I've met, as you say, so many people over the years, and the biggest names in sports, but that meeting is number one on my list. Oh, that's what what a great story! And uh, in, in keeping with his nickname, you must have felt like a kid in the candy store oh, yeah. with a kid, Gary Carter, having that moment. Where it, you know, again, it, isn't that just beautiful when you kind of walk through like a childhood a dream come true like this as an adult, and you realize that, 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 that what a wonderful human being he was. He wanted to take the time to learn more about you, your role, and that's amazing. It really is something that. Um, I think we, you and I, working in sports, we see a lot of that, and 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 only you know a, a few people um, actually get to experience it, and often it happens sort of in the shadows. It happens you know behind the scenes, and it's not something that's shared out there because the players don't want that, right? Like they they understand that it's a special moment. And they don't want that publicity. They want that moment to remain special and intimate between them and the fan. And and I find, you know, really the the, the, the best of the best get that and and they they live that and that's their approach. You know, well, that, that's awesome to hear. And yeah, I mean, we, we could go on for days to talk about the, because you got me now thinking about that Expo team with Carter <laughs> and Hawk Dawson and, and, and Tim Wallach and man, but Ashton's now pulling me too, because he's got another question for you, our best of guests. So Ashton, sorry, take it away, man. Mike, with the career you have now, school is a big part for you. From researching, you went to Carleton University and also did the campus radio station on sports. So, Mike, can you share with the fans the value of education for young people? Absolutely. Um, The one thing that I've been very, very fortunate and at times very lucky with is that I've almost always been in the right place at the right time. And there have been many times in my career where I've either lost a job, been unemployed, have had to look for work. And I've been very lucky that I had a lot of good contacts and a lot of networking done over the years. So when I have found myself out of work, um, it hasn't usually been for very long. And, um, that's that's because I've met a lot of people. I've made a lot of contacts over the years. The one regret I have as far as career goes and, and academics goes is that I left Carleton University before graduating because I got an opportunity to work in radio full-time. 
And so I did not finish my degree. And I do regret not having that degree because there are times in my life where that could have opened up some pretty important doors for me. And I had to just sort of stick it out and maybe go through some tougher times that if I'd had that education and that training that I would have, I wouldn't have had to, to go through those, those tougher times. So I really do encourage people to get as much education and training as they can, but that, that training and that education doesn't stop with university or college or high school because you continue learning through your career. And so that's why I, I said earlier, you know, with my, the message from my parents about never being afraid to ask for help, never, um, you know, never shy away from hard work, never shy away from learning experiences either, because they don't end when you stop going to school. You're going to run into situations where you're, you're, you may not even realize that you're learning, but you are. And, and you have to sometimes, sometimes people around you have to sort of remind you that you're learning, but you have to take it head on and, you know, go for it. The one thing I, I really do believe is that, you know, if I'd listened to my dad all those years ago and, and not followed my interest and my passion in sport about, you know, for sports, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. And I'm, that's not to say that I wouldn't be doing something great. You know, initially I went to school to be a teacher and I would have been very happy as a teacher, but I certainly wouldn't have lived the experiences that I lived. And I took some chances, but I took some, I, I ended up having to live some tougher times here and there because I didn't have that education and that training. So I think it's, it is, it is really important. And I think in this day and age, it's also important to know that, you know, sometimes you don't have to necessarily be a university graduate. You know, a lot of people, when I was sort of coming up and Anthony, maybe you had the same experience, you know, college at the time was always seen as the, the lesser of the two, but now more than ever, there is there are needs there are there are industrial needs out there where we need people who go to college and learn a trade and learn how to do things hands on so you know there there are going to be a lot of opportunities out there for young people and the uh, the fact is there are a lot of different routes that you can take but i think education's you know an important route that you you try and stay on as long as you can so many great words of inspiration and encouragement there, Mike. And, uh, you know, taken by what you said about, you know, learning is lifelong, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, uh, you've talked about, you know, being a coach and, and, and being mentored. And I feel like in, in our world, right, you know, uh, media and uh, PR, communications, what have you. And you just even mentioned the trades. I mean, we're always learning, right? And yeah. Um, Yep. I'm so glad that you, you mentioned that to our listeners too. Um, um, Mike, I, I, I feel this question, I'm going to get a lot of, uh, of coming back at me given the wealth and the range of your, ex, your experiences over your career that you've shared with our fans here in this great segment. The transformation and the innovation in sports broadcasting, I mean, you've seen it 
you've lived it, you've done it in so many ways, right? I mean, as a producer, host, reporter, uh, as a broadcaster, an announcer, that whole ability to engage the fan through sports and broadcasting. Now, I, I just think it's on this unprecedented kind of plane. I mean, obviously, the, the rise of social, social media has lended to that. I wonder if you can share your perspectives on how you think sports broadcast coverage will take shape now and into the future. Well, I think, you know, having lived through, you know, the era of TV, radio, and, and print being it, and then suddenly, you know, blogging makes an appearance. And that becomes, you know, as popular as it became and then evolved into things like The Athletic, right? Which people will say, well, that's kind of traditional reporting. Yeah, but its roots are in blogging. And that, that's how that started. When I think about people with podcasts like yeah, this one. That's right. right? Yeah. This was something that, you know, as a kid, my cousins and I would, we, we would pretend to be doing radio shows. Now you can do your own radio show and you can put it out there for the world to, uh, to enjoy. So to me nowadays, the, the opportunities seem almost endless. And what I love about it, especially with sports, because we talk about the passion that, that sports fans have is that, it, you don't have to do it as a career. You can have a podcast as a fan and you can share that passion with other fans and it doesn't have to be your job, right? Like you, you don't ever have to treat it like a job. You can treat it like the passion that it is. And, and I love that, that, that has, that opportunity has opened up to people and Anybody who's got a microphone and a computer can do their own thing. That's right. And 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 I think early on, a lot of a lot of people looked down on blogging. A lot of people in mainstream media looked down on at podcasts. And nowadays, everybody's got a podcast. Mm -hmm. And before that, everybody had a blog. I find that mainstream media sometimes, and I was part of it sometimes we're a little slow to catch up to the next big thing. And, and I really, I don't know what the next big thing is going to be. I just know that whatever it is, I will probably be resistant to it at first and then turn out to love it because I've been like that with everything else. When I think back to when, when bank cards first went to tap I was like, no way, I'm never doing that. Like, that's just way too easy. Someone's going to steal all my money. <laughs> and the first time that I, after I started using tap, the first time I went into a store and they said, no, we don't have tap, I was put out. <laughs> and I thought, what do you mean you don't have tap? Wait a minute. Six months ago, I refused to do this. <laughs> right. right? And it was the same thing, guys, when, when I was at... Uh, uh, at the team 1050 and here in Toronto, I remember we did a, an, almost an entire show on the fact that the Vancouver Canucks were going to be putting some of their games on pay-per-view. And we were like, what? That's blasphemy. You can't do that. Like, 
the, the fans are going to lose their minds. They, they, how, no one's going to pay extra to watch their favorite hockey team. That's what Hockey Night in Canada is for. That's what TSN and Sportsnet are for. And yet, look at where we are now. You know, within 10 years of that, I was paying for the NHL package. And we, we, we have these pay-per-view options right across the board. But we were resistant to it because we didn't like change. And people don't usually like change. But if you kind of embrace it and really take a look at change, there's a lot of good things that come from change. And so I don't even dare dream of what's coming. I just know that even though I may be resistant to it in the beginning, I will come around to it because it's been that way with everything else over the last 25 years. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, you know, you're right, Rossi. I mean, look at even just uh, MLB and the, the new and different partnerships they have with broadcast, trying out things like exclusive games on Apple TV, things that we, you know, you and I, again, same vintage, right? I mean, you know, uh, the, 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 those MLB games that used to be on and, you know, traditional form, I mean, it's kind of not saying it's passed over. It's still there in big ways, but that alternative way to connect to the different kind of fan, right? Through these yes. kind of partnerships has been just, um, it's just fascinating. And when I talk about technology and how it's helped us as PA announcers with the ability to upload our voice files with our rosters, well, it's the same thing with phones. I mean, when I, when I heard about, you know, the NHL packages and stuff going to cell phones, I thought, who is ever going to watch TV on their cell phone? <laughs> well, guess who was watching something on his cell phone today? There you go. Like yeah. literally this afternoon, yeah, this guy, yeah. this guy. <laughs> and I'm telling you, 15 years ago, I was singing a very different tune. But it just, it changes so quickly. And eventually, you know, they, they, they work out the kinks, they get the wrinkles out, and it becomes something that often is just as interesting as what we've done before, sometimes more interesting and certainly more convenient. And when you, when you finally do embrace it, you kind of wonder, you almost forget that, you know, yeah, there was a time where I thought it was silly that people watched anything on their phones. Now I've got about five or six different tablets TV apps phone. or streaming yeah, apps on my yeah, phone. Yeah, exactly. I'm that guy now. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, well, speaking of future, and we got a couple more questions here. This has been an outstanding best of segment here with uh, Mike Ross. Uh, Mike, um, you know, so much has happened to you. You've shared this in this, in this wonderful segment and, you know, uh, experience, talent, um, being at the right place at the right time and and your career resume is is so wealthy and so well-rounded i'd like to ask you the question what does the future look like for for mike ross i hope the future for me involves the maple leafs as long as i can um it's a year-to-year job and you just never know when the end is going to come and someone's going to come and see me. And I know it, it, it will happen. It, it's going to happen at some point where they're going to want to make a change. They're going to want a new sound and they're going to want somebody else. I want that to happen as far into the future as possible. So, so there's that. Um, but I'm also still going after 
new experiences. So, for example, later um, this year, the Canadian Open, the, the, the Canadian Golf Open, I'm going to get a chance. I've been offered an opportunity to announce at that tournament. Oh, that's introducing great. introducing players as they come to the 18th green on Championship Sunday. Um, that came very much by chance. I was talking to someone about the fact that I'd never seen professional golf live, and I really wanted to go to this event. And Golf Canada came to me and said, "We'd love to have you come out. Come out and, and see it. Come out and watch some golf. And by the way, we'd love for you." to come out and do some announcing for us on the Sunday. And I was floored. Like, oh, that's I'm like, awesome. No way. So, so there's that opportunity that's coming up. And the big one that's on my radar, and I'm working hard behind the scenes trying to make this happen. I've been really lucky. I've had a, a good relationship with Canada Soccer over the last few years. And I've done some announcing for their, both the men and, na- and women's national teams. I would love to do some announcing for the World Cup oh, when that's... it's in Toronto in 2026. The, the, me- uh, the mecca of a sports <laughs> tournament, yeah. Rossi. Yeah, yeah. So so for me, as far as announcing goes, the future really is trying to get to do events that I've never done. Um, you know, golf is going to happen. I'd love a World Cup. I would love to do an Olympics. Though, though I've done Pan Am Games, which was great. I would love to work an Olympic Games. Um, and then from, you know, for, for amateur sports, um, I really, I just want to coach as long as I can, cause I really enjoy it. And I, I love working with kids. I love teaching. I love teaching baseball, but I love teaching period. Um, so I hope that that can go on for a long, long time. I coach a lot of different ages, a lot of different skill levels and, 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 and different baseball levels, be it rep or select or house league. And I've loved every single moment of it. So I, I want to keep that going as long as I can. And, you know, my wife and I, we're inching closer and closer to retirement. So, you know, the, the future there certainly holds some, hopefully some travel. We love to travel. We've done some great travel in, in our lives so far. Um, but we still... There's so many parts of the world, you know, in, in parts of Canada that we haven't been to yet that we want to get to. So, you know, there, there are a lot of great experiences that, uh, that are still coming. Um, and, you know, you, we were talking off air about this being our 50th birthday year. That's and, right. Uh, and, yeah. and so for my wife and I, this year's number five Oh, and so it's a big one for us and, and, and one that you, you kind of, you kind of look back at at your life and and think of the experiences you've had, but you know the, there there is so much still uh, out there for us to uh, to learn, to do, to experience, and uh, and so we're looking forward to those years too. Oh, that's amazing! Uh, it's big, bright, wonderful adventures and career and, and life ahead for Mike Ross for sure. Well, it, it's kind of typical now. I feel we're kind of coming up to the last minute of play here, so I'm going to turn it over to my chum Ashton, uh, who's got the final question on this outstanding best of segment with Mike Ross. Ashton, take it away. Mike, what advice do you have for young kids looking to become a professional announcer and broadcaster just like you? 
Well, how about I kick off this answer with last minute of play in this podcast? That's great. That's great. It may not work out. It may not work out in actual timing, but I had to throw that in there. Oh, well, we appreciate that, Rossi. <laughs> That's so nice. You can bring your dulcet tones on the show here. They, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know what? I will tell you, Ashton, what I tell almost every young person who's ever asked me that question. And it's real simple. Don't ever turn down an opportunity to gain experience in what you love or in you or what you want to get into, whether it's a hobby, whether it's a passion, whether it's a career. I always tell young people, take every opportunity that is given to you and run with it. I find that nowadays and and over the last 10 to 15 years, more and more, I find people are less willing to volunteer and to get out there and quote unquote work for free, even though they're getting experience. When I was coming up, I, I mentioned CKCU at Carleton University. That was a volunteer position. I worked on Rogers Community TV doing play-by-play and analysis for games. That was a volunteer position. But the experience I gained going and doing those jobs, that was my pay. The value that I got was the experience that you, you couldn't put a dollar on that experience and those experiences at the time may not have seemed that important or that they were really going to contribute to my future, but boy, did they ever. So I think it's really important that young people really benefit from my experience. And I know so many other people who have that same experience that Never say no to an opportunity where you can learn and where you can expand your horizons. Because even though there may not be any dollars and cents that come from it, the experience you're going to gain from doing those things, that's your payment. And that's, that's all part of building up your, your resume, building up your experience, and it all comes back later on in your life because you you end up feeding on those experiences, and it's all part of that. And we talked about how important education is. Those those experiences, those are part of your education. So my biggest advice is don't say no to opportunities. Don't turn them down just because it's not a paying gig. Because the the experience you're going to gain from that, that's your pay. Oh, what an outstanding way to end this best of segment. Championship words of wisdom and inspiration. That is Mike Ross, the signature arena voice for your Toronto Maple Leafs. And Rossi, uh, it's been just so wonderful um, to reconnect here on the air. I mean, uh, we just kind of picked up like chums, just in the spirit of the show, right? You know, Um 
obviously we you know social media is a wonderful thing it keeps us connected in some way but for you to spend the time and and i must apologize because and fans i i said to to rossi uh you know mike would be like you know 30 minutes and such and i i feel like ashton and i your co-host of champs and chums we kind of labored you more than the least did through some of those playoff rides so we apologize for that because we went really over time with your time but i want to let you know how grateful we are that you you have joined us you've shared so much words of inspiration wisdom for us and um I'm not surprised by all the wealth of wonderful things that have happened to you. Um, you you electrify Leafs Nation with the way that your voice carries through the arena. You've done it out in community events with Leafs Nation. And for you to come on the show and share some of this with Ashton and I, I I'm beyond grateful. So I thank you so much and uh, want to turn it over to my chum Ashton that's got some words for our best of guest, Mike Ross. Well, uh, Mike, thank you for coming on the show. It's been an honor having you on. And uh, my dad's told me about, uh, my dad has told me about how uh, you guys met in the uh, world of sports. So um, that's very fascinating. And, um, you know, I really liked that, um, you know, thing that you shared with the you're you're announcing for a goal for that little boy who had a birthday during the lockdown so his friends couldn't come to his birthday but you know you made that little boy smile and put a smile on his face and a smile on his parents face and um you've uh put a smile on everyone's face pretty much around the world because you know you sent out um what was it one seventeen hundred seventeen hundreds yeah um, you know, goal announcements and, um, you know, you, that mil- that really makes a, uh, person's day and, um, you know, you're just really, really good at announcing and, um, hopefully, uh, next season we'll come to more games and, uh, hear your work again. Well, I hope that, uh, you guys do come to some more games and that I get a chance to meet you in person and uh, get to shake your hand and i will also say thank you for the invitation uh and for having me on the greatest thing about my job with the maple leafs is not announcing goals it's not announcing starting lineups or the three stars honestly guys the best thing about my job is getting to interact with fans and getting to to talk about the leafs and share my experiences like it really it really is the the best part of this job and i am so thankful of every opportunity i get to uh, to share with uh, with our fans um and and doing it on a medium like this with you guys has been so much fun so there is no apology necessary i have had such a great time talking to you guys especially given the fact that I didn't even realize coming into this that I was going to be talking to an up-and-coming baseball star. In <laughs> oh, that's so right. Yeah, we talked That about makes that. me very happy as a longtime baseball coach. I'm so, so happy to hear that you're playing baseball and that you're enjoying it and having success with it. And I wish you a very, very successful season. I hope you have a lot of fun out on the field. 
and uh, look forward to meeting face-to-face. Oh, we do too as well, uh, Rossi. It's all our pleasure, and I'll say this, Maple Leaf forever. Ashton, you're going to take us to break on episode 45. This ends our father-son best of segment. More father-son fun talk coming up. You're listening to the Champs and Chums podcast. Welcome back to Champs and Chums. Happy May, everybody. We hope you're doing well. It's Anthony and Ashton on the air. It's episode 45. So glad that you're with us here on the next edition of Champs and Chums. And Ashton, it's now time for our All Pro Go segment. That's right, fans. Our All Pro Go segment is a Did You Know Sports Spotlight. That's where my champ and chum co-host Ashton will take you through a sport an activity, an initiative that we want to shine a spotlight into. But Ashton, speaking of shining a spotlight, this one actually kind of works with the whole hockey theme. We've got the Maple Leaf Arena uh, voice, Mike Ross, on the show. Um, We just talked near the opening about um, some famous Maple Leaf broadcasters. We're going to keep the hockey talk going, Ashton, because what are we going to feature on All Pro Go? We're going to feature Shinny. All right, let's drop drop the puck. Let's get going, my man. Shinny. Shinny. Also, Shinny, pick up hockey, pond hockey, or outdoor puck, is an informal type of hockey played on ice. It is also used as another term for street hockey. There are no formal rules or specific positions, and often there are no goaltenders. The goal areas at each end may be marked by nets or simply by objects such as stones or blocks of snow. Body checking and lifting, roofing, reefing, raising the puck, shooting the puck or ball so it rises above the of the ice are often forbidden because the players are not wearing protective equipment. Shinny is a game that all levels of hockey enthusiasts enthusiasts can play because it requires no rink, requires no skills except ability to hold a stick at the very least to try to touch the puck or ball when it goes by. Shinny may be completely non-competitive and recreational. Well, great stuff, Ashton. So fans, that is the sport of Shinny. It's a kind of a more of, as Ashton mentioned, an informal um, uh, version of hockey. I think we've all kind of uh had had a had a, a hand at that uh, your dad actually even played back in the day ashton when i was out in scarborough I used to play at mcgregor park arena with uh with with your uncle mike there we used to play some men's shinny um and you know what there was kind of differing um levels out there uh levels of competition but i think i held my own pretty good but while you may not have played shinny ashton uh, you played floor hockey. Yeah, I have before. Uh, floor what did ho- you think about that? Well, floor hockey is uh, pretty fun, and, um, you know, it's always exciting to play with your friends, maybe just on the street or inside. Uh, but overall, hockey's fun, and, um, you know, everyone can play it. It sure is, and everybody can play shinny as well, too. Anytime's good for a pickup game. Uh and so that is episode 45's All Pro Go, and there's still some more show to come. So glad that you're with us, and you're listening to episode 45 of the Champs and Chums podcast. 
father-son fun talk you're listening to episode 45 of the champs and chums podcast so glad that you're with us here and ashton it's now time for our signature segment that's right everybody it's our champs and chums segment where we salute our stars on and off the field so ashton we've done this before there's been a kind of an amazing blue and white theme the maple leafs forever kind of theme the leafs forever kind of theme the uh, let's go leafs nation kind of uh, theme that we thought for our champs and chums it would be nice to kind of signal and honor on this episode some uh, champs and chums from the maple leafs maple leaf days gone by some of are, are presently serving as well too but wanted to reflect on some wonderful champs and chums so uh, we're going to present to you a Maple Leafs Forever edition, a Maple Leafs Forever sweep, Ashton, of Champs and Chums. Ashton, why don't you take us, take it away uh, by telling the fans our first champ and chum. Well, my first champ and chum is Mike Ross. You mean the very guy, the very best of guest, the signature arena voice for the Toronto Maple Leafs, Mike Ross? Yes. All right. Well, that's amazing. What a great guest he was uh, working for the Leafs right now in such an amazing role. He talked about all the excitement fans that he gets and the passion he feels when he, whether it's every word that he speaks behind the mic or with every of community event he does. Uh, What impressed you most about, about uh, our first champion chum on the Maple Leaf side, Mike Ross? Well, um, I really um, liked that, you know, he gave us a whole, like, explanation about um, his day in the life as a PA announcer. Quite organized, quite It was ready. quite organized, and it was pretty fun. It sounded really fun to do as well. Pronunciations, he takes it seriously, yeah. right? Yeah, so that's great. Well, that's Mike Ross, Maple Leaf public address announcer, and so... Uh, I guess now it's over to dad and I'm going to go back to a Maple Leaf alumni and uh, I think we talked about him a little early in the show but he was featured on episode nine everybody and that would be a champ and chum uh, former head of uh, uh, media relations for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs Pat Park and so Parksy has been a longtime champ and chum of your dad's Ashton this is now boy over it's 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 got to be over 27 27 years now ashton that goes to show you how long and deep uh, among my longest of longtime chums parks he is and uh i mean he had an incredible run serving the media saw lots of changes during his time as in media relations in terms of even just the media landscape he taught me a lot. He was a great mentor, continues to be a great champ and chum to this day. What do you want to say to Pat, Ashton? Yeah, well, um, you know, you really helped my dad when he came into the, uh, he came and the got the job at the Leafs. And um, I bet he th- he's, thanks- he's thanking oh, you well, so much. Uh, well, Ashton, I'm so glad you say that because... You know, if it wasn't for Pat Park, I wouldn't have had memories so vivid and beautiful of Maple Leafs forever. He believed in me. And um, I, I, I really thank him for a lot of things. And, and 
look at this to fr friends and chums to this day so i uh, really appreciate pat park ashton how about you with your next champ and chum my next champ and chum is nick kiprios kipper what a great episode 37 guest we had tell them more about nick kiprios well, uh, he's a Stanley Cup champion with the Rangers, and um, he also played on the Leafs following well, our of course. following our um, Leafs um, edition kind of episode for um, episode forty five. Uh, with we had Mike Ross that we just interviewed. Well, Kipper played in the ninety five ninety six season. In fact, that's when your dad started first cutting his teeth actually with the Leafs just you know and, and Rossi talked about the beauty of just volunteering and that's how I kind of started uh with the Leafs was in that 90 this would have been the 96 playoffs when um Kipper was with on, on the ice with the Leafs and then um uh you know that that very spirited potential controversy of whether he actually ran into Grant Fear or not and Grant Fear hurt his knee and couldn't take part in the rest of the series. And John Casey came in and all those other kind of fun stuff. Nick Beverly was the coach at the time. But Kipper has played an incredible role. He is a Maple Leaf fan favorite, 95-96. And then 96-97, where I had the chance in my role in media relations with the team to work closely with Kipper. What an amazing um, uh, career that he had. Uh, always showed grit, determination, hustle. He's done the same thing on the broadcast side, Ashton. So Hockey Night in Canada, Sportsnet, can, continues to have his uh, amazing and, and uh, well-listened-to show, Kipper and Bourne, on the Fan 590. And he's just a wonderful person. So that's Nick Kiprios, our third of four featured uh, Maple Leaf Forever-themed champs and chums and i guess ashton it's over to me for my last one yeah and i'm going to end again with another among my longtime uh champs and chums that's john lashaway and john we talked about john earlier in the show because john's resume in sports communications executive sports management i mean it is it is long it is deep it is rich and truly rewarding um, when you think about all the wonderful things he had done. And, you know, when John came to, when I first came to meet John back in 1997, Ashton, that's a long time ago. John uh, uh, was, it's, well, still is, uh, you know, holds uh, American citizenship and he's a Canadian uh, citizen right now as well too. But uh, what I was going to say is, um, you know, he might not have um, been a, a, a Leaf fan right at the start because he kind of came at a time when the Raptors and the Leafs were coming together as one family, as, as we know it today, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. But his passion, his perspective for sports and life uh, was incredible. It was He's a tremendous mentor to your dad, a tremendous mentor, uh, a, a person that speak with so much wisdom and inspiration of his experiences uh, amongst a nation of fans that I know John has. And it, it is not uh, lost on me how amazing he's been 
to me and for all the the opportunities the words of advice the experiences that we've shared it's it's kind of nice that he actually became a maple leaf i guess you could almost say a transplanted maple leaf in a way because of the merger and so it's been an amazing um ride he's a wonderful person a wonderful human being and um i'm so lucky to have him as a chum and i mean what are your words for lash because you know him as well too ashton yeah um you know he's he's been really good to my dad and um also uh uh he we're gonna go see the honey badgers tomorrow and he's the uh, he's the president of, he's the deputy commissioner yeah, the yeah. deputy commissioner of the cbl yes yeah, cbl and um we can't wait to see the honey badgers tomorrow and hopefully they're gonna pull off a win well that's yellow and gold but to bring our segment to full circle i know lashway's blue and white as well too so that is an incredible showcase of champs and chums for the blue and white and ashton we got a little bit more show to come but you're listening to episode 45 of the Champs and Chums podcast. Welcome back to Champs and Chums. And Ashton, it's now time to conclude an exceptional May episode, episode 45 of Champs and Chums. And Ashton, as I always do on every episode, I want to ask you, what did you learn today? Well, I learned a lot more about Shinny. Oh, well, that's kind of a good one. That one sort of just came to me up the ice. Yeah, I mean, well, I kind of figured, you know, we're having like a, this hockey talk. We had uh, the arena voice of your Toronto Maple Leafs, Mike Ross, on the show. Highlighted some great champs and chums, uh, great Leaf broadcasters. We better add some hockey in it. Did you? Would you want to try Shinny? Uh, yeah, probably. I want to try Shinny, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Well, we will, man, but you got to learn how to skate a bit better than, uh, to keep up with yeah. with, uh, with all your chums. Good yeah. stuff. What else did you learn? Well, I learned more about Mike's career as a prof- as a professional um, broadcaster and as a public address announcer. Well, pro, pro professional and pro is the is the uh, word to talk about. Mike Ross, what a uh, a uh, wide, what a wonderful. Uh, career so deep and so talented that is Mike Ross. Yeah, it was so great to catch up with Rossi. Um, and yeah, that's the kind of stuff when you listen to it and you just play it back. It's like you just pick up. That's what's what great chums do, right? Um, so it's great to uh, to get a chance to have him on the show. I know he's a lot of been busy with a lot of different projects, but uh, again, that's what's so great about uh, chums and sports, Ashton. It's a, it's, a, it's a sport of a lifetime in, in, in a way. All right, Ashton, good stuff. Well, uh, listen, uh, who do we want to thank here for helping us with episode 45? We want to thank the Power Girls and Uncle Dennis who helped produce the show. The Power Girls and Uncle Dennis who've been there for the very first episode of Champs and Chums. Thank you so much for all your love and support. We want to thank the Arena Voice, the signature voice inside Scotiabank Arena for your Toronto Maple Leafs, Mike Ross, for joining us on the show. And Ashton, where can the fans check out all 45 episodes of Champs and Chums? 
They can check us out on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Podbean, and CastBox. There's a lot more than that as well, too. Uh, Ashton Champs and Chums on a lot of podcast platforms. We're also on social, everybody. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, even TikTok, at Champs and Chums, website champsandchums.com. Ashton, this is going to be a magnificent a memorable, a monumental fist bump, my man. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. And Ashton, as we always say, cheers to champs, cheers to chums, and cheers to an all-star day. Thanks for listening.